day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The blackest day. Son of a bitch. As the stinger says, this is Blade Job episode 45. I am one of the hosts, Steve Carley. With me, well, remotely now. As always, Eric Marshick. What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's, it's going good. Uh, we're, I think we've talked about the snowstorms the past few episodes, and I think we finally got a, a good one going here. Yeah, I mean, the past, like, four of them, every time they were like, oh, man, it's going to be a big deal. And yeah. then it happens, and it's not a big deal, and it's great. And I was just talking to a friend of the show, Devin Green, about this, and how, like, you know, whenever we're, like, cleaning off our car with all the snow, it's just weird to be, like... You know, there are people out there who like this. Like, they prefer this just so they can, like, ski one weekend. Mm, They're like, oh, I love having all this. I love that it takes three times longer to get to work now. This is great. I I wanted this all winter. Yeah. Just so I can ski for a weekend. I don't get it, man. I'm not a skier over here either. So you're, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not on that team. So this is a, this is anti-ski podcast. Fair enough. Uh, (laughs) What we aren't anti in this, in this uh, podcast is uh episode 45 let's dive right in we'll, i guess we'll just start off with some updates some you know we'll blow through that crap and then we will get to our main show eric which what is that by the way uh we're talking about rated rko versus dx that's randy orton and edge versus Shawn michaels and triple h new year's revolution 2007 it's gonna be good all right well look forward to that in about two seconds i'm just kidding we'll just run through this real quick all right <laughs> Some recent uh, recent updates for me. Eric. Uh, what have you been watching, buddy? I know you've been you know you've been watching some good yeah. stuff. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, I've been diving in. You know, I think I said in the previous episode, I've been diving into Twin Peaks. Uh, me and my girlfriend Cass, season three. Uh, I think we just passed the the holy shit episode, um, as they say. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. I've been told you know it when you see it, and I think we just saw it. So, it's about uh, eight episodes in. Um, I know you're not a big Lynch fan, um, but this this season is very David Lynch, if in all senses of that phrase. So I like David Lynch a lot. I just wish I liked anything he's ever done. Yeah, I didn't care for Mulholland Drive. I did not like uh, Blue Velvet. I didn't okay. I like? I, actually, you know what? Elephant Man's not bad. See, I like Blue Velvet a lot. Um, I actually found a copy of. Uh, lost highway recently too and i i actually haven't ever seen that um so yeah i missed that one well let me know how it is when you see it but uh are you drinking anything over there either did i you, am i drinking anything is that what yeah you yeah i'm sorry i, I no. just completely blurred that out <laughs> it's all good i mean i got water i need i need uh, more beer but i'm not gonna go out in this weather to get beer so water it is i know I, so you th- could just say i'll just say natural natty ice it's it's close enough I, i'm actually drinking something a little crazy over here today oh my god let's hear about it buddy so you know i went on vacation last week that's what that, hence the break yes. in the in the podcast schedule that's right uh, i was up at shorts brewery and um are you a fan of moscow mules no Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, Shorts Brewery makes a a, a mule uh, lager, so it's uh, it's kind of it's just like oh. a ginger beer mixed with a, a a like a like a regular beer. It's pretty good though. Huh. It's very refreshing. Right. Um, 
You know, it's got... It's what a good lager is, is refreshing. Yeah, so it's refreshing, but it's got that kind of, like, ginger sweetness to it as well. So, that's what I'm drinking See, that's right that's where now. you lose me. Oh, you that's like... where you lose me, is the ginger. You like a Verner's? Not a gin... I'm not really a Verner's ginger ale kind of guy. Okay. And by that, I mean I'm just not a fan at all, so... Okay. Ginger beer, I think, is yeah. a lot more, like, ginger... Like, the shit you get with your sushi, ginger. So... Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not a big fan of that stuff either. Well, so. it's not, not for sushi. You I love sushi, but that stuff... Yeah, that beer just does not sound like one that I would like at all. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's probably a one and done for me, but... It's a novelty up there if you go to the brewery, so... Um, anyways... Yeah, I'm a brewery boy. Like I said, I've been watching a lot of TV. Um, actually, particularly, I got into a little bit of anime over the past couple weeks... Um, you familiar with Castlevania on Netflix? Uh, Castlevania, yes I am. I hear it slaps. I have not watched it, but I hear it's very good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very violent. Like, talk about Blade Job. That's what I heard. Yeah, Blade Job approved, uh, 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 cartoons. Is it, is it proper to call an anime a cartoon? I don't know. But, you know, to me it is, but I doubt I mean, a true anime fan would be okay with that. Or maybe they would. I don't know. I'm not sure how self-aware anime fans are. I don't, I don't know either. No. But no, it's very good. Uh, it's very bingeable. It's only like 12 episodes, 30-minute uh, uh, episodes. So it's pretty, you can crank through it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I recommend it. And then kind of lastly, I've been watching a true anime. I'm not even going to call this one a cartoon. I'm going to call this an anime. And that's uh, Tokyo Ghoul, which is... Uh, I think it's Canoer. I don't know. Like like you said, the anime nerds will probably correct everything I say about this show, so I'm not going to dive much more into it. But yeah. It's gory. Um it's kind of horror that ish, I guess. So, it's fun. So, it's relevant. Yeah. What about you? What you been watching? Uh, so I took my parents to see Parasite last weekend, or I guess now two weekends ago. Yeah. Uh, loved it even more the second time, my second time seeing it. They loved it too for their first time. Anyway, I got was jonesing for a uh, for some more Korean movies. So I went and finally I went on Netflix and I finally watched Train to Busan. You ever heard of this? Yes. I had, I had a zombie movie, right? Train. It is a high-octane, fast-paced zombie train movie. Yeah, it's very good. It's also very, very popular and successful in Korea, like, hugely successful. Really? Um, and it's not from the, you know, it's not from Bong Joon-ho or anything. I don't remember the director's name. But, yeah, I liked it a lot. It's violent. You know, it's just, it's a zombie movie, which, of course, we've seen a million times. And there's definitely tropes where we're not, you know, we're used to that. But it does some things differently, and it's just very well done. The gore is good, so I recommend cool. it highly. A lot of people would recommend it. Apparently, it's you know very a beloved movie. So there's yeah. actually a sequel coming out like next year or this year. Funny enough, so I'm familiar with it. I've just never sat down and uh, cranked one out with it, so I haven't I haven't seen it. It was on my list for many months, so I'm I'm happy that I was able to finally get to that. That's cool. That's cool. What what else have you been jonesing other than uh, Korean films? We talked about The Lighthouse last time, right? I believe so. Yes, I believe so. I watched so. The Lighthouse. It was pretty great. Okay, moving on from that. <laughs> so, uh, have you ever heard of the podcast Legal Wars? I've heard you mention it. I, um, I've never listened, though. That... Okay, so there's a podcast I like a lot called Business Wars, where it's essentially they kind of have episode series, like three or four episode series on two different businesses fight, you know, fighting, like, uh, you know, Coke and Pepsi and Nintendo and Sony and... WCW. That's the one. Yep, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that one a lot, but I recently I recently discovered uh, Legal Wars, a kind of a sister uh, podcast, only 
apparently it didn't do very well, so it's already done, which is just sad. But anyway, the one I was listening to, kind of their marquee season or, you know, series was the um, Hulk Hogan Gawker scandal, mm. you know, trial and shit. So I was pretty big into that. I got into that, you know, and I've never really known much about that. So it was fun to kind of dive into that. Anyway, after that, I decided to finally go on back on Netflix and check out the documentary on that subject called Nobody Speak, which is, has, you know, that's the, kind of the saga of Hulk Hogan's uh, domination of and then subsequent takedown of Gawker. So that's the documentary is all about the case. It's not. It's not a Hulk Hogan documentary. It's about the the legal Gawker shit. Correct. Okay. Correct. You are correct. It's good though. I recommend it. There's near the end. It kind of strays away into a different path. I don't care for it all, but otherwise, other than that, it, it's a pretty good, you know, um, pretty good expose on the whole situation. So I highly recommend it. It's called Nobody's Speak. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of forgot the Gawker Hogan thing happened. You know, it's kind of been out of the yeah. zeitgeist for a couple of years now. But um, yeah, that's definitely I'd want. I'd be interested in checking out too. That's that sounds. Cool. I were, I recommend it. It's good. Yeah, it's a good little way to chicken on my man Hulk. All right, Hogan. That sounds good. I got a few. I got a few more things I checked out. Um, talking about Jones and. After our last episode of uh, Deep Red, I was kind of feeling some uh, Italian uh, horror oh, yeah. whatnot. So I dove into the treasure trove that is Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> Which really is a treasure trove. There's some really weird, some, you know, hidden yes. stuff there for sure. And boy, did I find a couple. Um, I, I highly recommend both of these movies. And one of them, I believe, could be a potential episode in the future. And that, that movie is The, the Smuggler a.k.a. Contraband. I believe is actually the title in Amazon Prime. But it's a Fulci movie who, you know, did Zombie, um, did The Beyond, uh, House by the Cemetery, like, massive splatter, gore Italian director. And he has this little kind of hidden gem in the early 80s. Like, right in the middle of all these horror movies he's doing, he, he makes this fucking kind of a Sicilian mobster movie. Like, think, like, Godfather Part 2, but with, like, splatter gore. It's It was it was really... It sounds wonderful. It was sounds really wonderful. fun. It was a really, like, people's necks getting ripped out, people getting melted in acid. Uh, just every time there's a gunshot, like, wound, it just explodes out the back of, the like, the guy's back. It's, it's just, like, it's like a... Um... Remember, like, uh, Django Unchained with all the gun violence? Of course. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, that Tarantino level. Tarantino kind of, like, goopy. Yes. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm so, I mean, I'm, I it's would good. be really surprised if Tarantino hasn't, you know, seen and spoken about this movie. Because it's, it's, like, right up his fucking alley. So. Well, you know, his health, you know he's famously, you know, an encyclopedia for this kind of stuff. So I'm yeah. sure he'll recognize it. If you ever and talk it, to him, you can bring it, bring it up. I, I will, I will. I'll ask him all about uh, the obscure fucking exploitation uh, fucking mobster movies of, that Fulci made, which I only believe he made a few, so. but I mean, he'll unironically love that. I mean, realistically. I think, yeah, right. I think, I, I'm sure he loves, I'm sure he loves it. Uh, the, the second movie I watched kind of fill in this uh, Italian horror uh, void I, I needed filled was... Uh, Mario Bava, uh, aka the uh, the kind of the godfather of Giallo, but you know just a all around uh, 
I think, solid Italian filmmaker from the 60s, 70s. Um, he made a film called Planet of the Vampires, also on Amazon Prime. And it's a, uh, it's like that kind of early Star Trek kaleidoscope space horror movie. You know what I'm talking about, Steve, with all the fucking colors coming out of the stalactites and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 a really cool-looking mid-60s uh, sci-fi film. And it also has a, uh, a fair amount of, like, very... I'm going to say ahead of its time, gore effects, uh, violence for the time. I mean, you know, like I said, all this stuff ages differently, but it's... Um, it it, it kind of caught me off guard with how violent and uh, gory it was, and uh, I guess uh, apparently he's never said it, but this movie has a lot of similarities to one Ridley Scott's Alien, which came out about ten years after this. And really? uh, in an interview, he claims to have never seen it, but I don't know. You be the judge when you see the fucking giant alien fossils in the ship and stuff. So I don't know. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> it enough. looks a lot like Alien at times, and and it's about that, like a crew slowly getting consumed by uh, a, a a being on this planet. So, um, yeah. I like it. I like it a little. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I highly recommend it. If you're looking for something kind of like a really vibrant, uh, you know, kind of '60s LSD trip sci-fi movie, uh, Planet of the Vampires. It's it's definitely gonna scratch that itch for you. You got anything else? No, I got nothing else. That's all you. I got nothing else either. Other than I've been playing until dawn, and I think you've mentioned it on the show before, but it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's kind of scary. It's essentially a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a you know, it's a it's a quantic dream yeah. you know esque. Um, yeah, it's like a movie you control. I mean, that's a good way to you know explain it. Good yeah. horror movie. You know, it's got a, it's got a, it's obviously plays with all the tropes of a horror movie you know i mean there's not one trope that doesn't get touched upon yeah. here which is fine i, I would, like it it's i good. was gonna ask you have you uh, do you know much about that game yeah i got about halfway then do, i just never get went back to it do you know if uh so i don't know this at all but do you know if like if you play it multiple times does it have different endings in different like of course it... it does the whole idea of that game is to butterfly effect is why right. you do things you unlock kind of you know you unlock um uh, you know, not endings, but situations and right. things that have been caused because of that. So as you keep playing it, you do different, you you know, make different choices and you get different endings. I, yeah, there's many endings to that game. So it could be a completely different game on a second playthrough. As long as you avoid doing the ones you did previously, then yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. that sounds cool. So. Yeah, you should really play uh, Detroit Become Human. I think you'd like that game a lot. It's the exact same idea. Yeah, I played Heavy Rain, which is kind of also the same idea. That was, yeah. a little, that was a little too slow for me, though. Yeah, that was a little different. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Detroit Become Human can get like that, but the game is uh, one of my favorite games in 2018. I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. That's cool. Plus, it takes place in Detroit, so there's a lot of, you know, there's Ferndale and all that in it, yeah. so it's kind of fun. Yeah, it'd be cool to see the little landmarks. Damn right. Um, All right, so I'm, I'm going to blow through the news real quick here. All right, we got some breaking I've, I've news got, or no? Just, just um, general news. Well, I've, I've got a three-way thing here. I've got something that does slap, something that will slap, and something that should slap. Mm. Um, although I think the last one, the should slap, we, we touched upon. But anyway, The Invisible Man in theaters uh, tomorrow? No, today. I don't know. 
coming out in theaters right about now. Uh, apparently, it's fantastic. It's really good. Not a not a super big shock because I'm a big fan of Lee Winnell. He's a New Zealand. No, he's Australian. Uh, is he New Zealand? I don't know. I have no idea. I know. Whatever. It's fair enough. Um, <laughs> but he, yeah, so he did upgrade, kick-ass movie, fantastic. Logan Marshall Green, good, good uh, role for him. So I'm not surprised to hear that that movie's actually is you know way better than the trailers make it seem. So I definitely want to catch that. Um, so that does slap. The trailer for the Green Knight came out this week. This last last week. Well, since we have since we recorded last, mm-hmm. um, that is a um, kind of a fantastical retelling of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, which is a wonderful kind of epic, short, uh, epic story from the you know the Middle Ages. Kind of, it's it's a story from the Arthurian, you know, uh, Knights of the Round Table, yeah, kind of saga, if, if you so to speak. So, um, I'm excited about that. The director, writer, director David Lowry, I think, is a genius. Is one of the best directors working today. Um, go check out that trailer for The Green Knight, which, funny enough, up until the trailer came out, it was called Green Knight. They added the, I don't know why, but hey, whatever. Well, I, I'm uh, market testing. I don't know. I mean, probably you might be right, but it's just, you know, that happens sometimes. Like sometimes yeah. a movie will change its name entirely. Um, you know, I mean, there's a book I'm reading right now called Good Morning Midnight, which is pretty good. And Clooney's making that new movie coming out later this year. And now it's called The the Empty Sky, The Silent Sky, something like that. Mm. Anyway, anyway, uh, so that's Will Slab. See the movie, and then come back to this episode. You're gonna think, "Wow, he was right! What a shock!" Should slap. We already talked about Spiral. I was wrong. I thought Spiral had come out. The trailer for that had come out since we last recorded, but I don't think we, it did. So Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, what the hell's his name? Chris Rock. Uh, Chris Rock. Thank you. Chris Rock's kind of apparently, and I'm sure I told this exact same story last episode, <laughs> but apparently he was like at a party. And somebody from the studio, he was talking, and he was like, oh, yeah, that, that's kind of like Saw. And then randomly, like, after the party, he got a phone call from that guy, and the guy was like, hey, do you want to, like, develop a Saw movie of your own? <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay. And what that's if- why we have Spiral from the Book of Saw, starring and produced by Chris Rock. So God, I kind of want to be Chris I think Rock it's going to be better than people think it's going to be. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's, yeah. uh, that's, that's showbiz, baby. You know, like, that's, you just, get, that's the pits. So. You just drop a little hint, and then you get a movie like <laughs> that you just happen to be a fan well, of the franchise. Well, Chris Rock, yeah. I know. It's, I think that's sweet. So, well, no. it's you, you get a franchise because something reminded you of it at a party. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're making a new one. But hey, I mean, yeah, it's directed by the guy who did the, who did the second and third one, which are, the second one's one of the best Saw movies. I uh, agree. So that... So that's kind of exciting, you know. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm into that. Return to form, perhaps. Exactly. All right, and that's the news. That's the does, will, and should slap. That's slapping with happy Steve. To be, happy to do it. New, a new segment. That's right. Actually, I don't think I we like mentioned it. we have a true new segment right here, though, now coming up. Um, yeah, I like the element of surprise. Yeah. We, 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 we've been doing the Blade Jobber of the Week. Um, obviously, I mean, this week without saying, you know, it's our boy Nate, Ric Flair, uh, birthday yesterday as we're recording. Um, but uh, I, we're doing we're in, we're introducing a new segment here called Blade Job Investigation. And uh, that's right. Yeah, maybe a one-off, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if any more controversy arises because this was a pretty controversial uh, little uh, bloody spot a couple weeks ago, and I'm talking about the. Tetsuya Naito versus Kenta match um, in New Japan. 
and we watched this uh, together, Steve, and um, I, it's you, you can see him hit the turnbuckle. It's an exposed turnbuckle. He goes down mm-hmm. to the floor, and he grabs his head, and blood starts coming out. Uh, it happens really fast. I've watched it in slow motion. But here's kind of the evidence that the internet, you know, the trolls, the, the people in the comments who came out, this is what they were saying. Uh, opinion uh, B, or no, opinion A is blood pack. Now, I think before we even go to opinion B, I think we got to rule this out, Steve. We can write that off immediately. I don't think that's even remotely the case. The only times we've seen blood packs in wrestling, I mean, there's probably been some. I mean, we're probably, you know, we're the experts here, so we're going to make the executive decision, but sometimes you'll see the blood pack in the mouth. You know, you get hit in the jaw, you bite the blood pack, comes out your mouth. Um, But a blood pack smacking on your head, I mean, that just sounds stupid. I'm going (laughs) to just say Yeah, I... Plus, it happens so damn quick. I don't think there's any way a blood pack is involved here. Yeah, so we're pretty much down to hard way or blade job. And, you know, we watched it back. We made a decision here. And uh, what are we thinking, Steve? You know what I thought about it? I know we watched it many times. And I think that it's safe to say that because of the nature of the hit, the nature of the cut, most importantly, Mm -hmm. I think it is safe to consider that the the cut is actually more of a puncture, right? Yes. Um, if you if you look at it up close, it's kind of more of a puncture. I think for that reason alone, I think we have to go with Hardway. I think yeah. this is a blade job unapproved hit because there was no blade job at all, and I'm thinking this is a Hardway. It was a blunt force trauma to the head, not a blade job. Uh, yeah, that's my final, and I will not be swayed on this. And no, this no, is no, final. No. So. And, and I agree. I concur that this was a this was not a. There was not enough time to get the blade out. You don't. The camera doesn't cut off him. You don't see him toss a blade. <clears throat> um, you you see him kind of go in and kind of lift his head almost as if he's trying to cut himself on this sharp piece of metal. Um, so, so by no means is this not a, a, a intense and a violent uh, act, but it is not a blade job. And in the I think the seven staples in the head. Uh, proves that that we you know the aftermath photos that have come out um and as we talk about on the show a lot here you know very rarely do you see a horizontal or i'm sorry a vertical blade job like that you know you don't see an up and downer you usually see a side yeah, to it's side. usually across yeah it's a, it's it's across the street what is it i, I don't know how across the street yeah that, that across the street works <laughs> Yeah, we'll just we'll just keep it with that. But yeah, I just think it's uh, you know it's uh, the more you think about it, the more obvious it seems that this is simply a puncture wound by blunt force trauma, not quite like to death. You know, not that when you hear blunt force trauma, you think of like a you know like a crime scene, but it's yeah. a minor blunt force trauma, right? I don't think yeah. it's anything to write home about. But definitely, uh, you know, I think we can say right here with confidence that it was uh, not a blade job. Unfortunately, yep. unfortunately, yep. Sadly. Put the stamp on it. Uh, no blade job. It's been stamped. It's we're it's. Case closed. You heard it here. Hope that settles do it. all the internet controversy. <laughs> we I mean, just better, did it. Right? We just did it. Yeah. <sighs> but you want to talk about some real blade jobs, Steve? Always. Every single day of my life. All right. So we're going to get into the main show here. And uh, this is the first uh, wrestling episode we've done remote. So we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to kind of go through the whole feud as a whole. 
and then kind of just touch on the the bloody match that ensues uh, after this feud. So, like we said, we're starting with uh, DX versus Rated RKO. So let's start with DX. Uh, you said you're not too familiar with DX, right, Steve? I am not, weirdly enough. If, if from what I've seen so far, my own little research, it kind of reminds me of like the grandfather of uh, um, shit. Uh, wow. Uh, no, Added, not attitude era. What the hell am I talking oh, about? Oh, undisputed era. Undisputed era. Yes. Thank you, Jesus yes. Christ. No, you're good. <clears throat> yes, and that that's a very uh, solid comparison because you kind of got this uh, like holier than thou yet kind of clowning around uh faction and and that's pretty much how you could describe dx it was it was predominantly built up of and it had a lot of different members at different times but it was mainly Shawn michaels triple h china r.i.p is she dead china yeah oh yeah sorry i'm sorry i had to break it to you live on the show here steve but yeah did i just miss that no she passed away several years ago I, I did i just miss that completely wow yeah it's live live reaction to china's death here on the show from steve i'll be um, goddamned 2016 huh? yeah, yeah sorry bud okay <laughs> oh, accidental overdose wow yeah, okay no, right. no yeah let's not look into it too much I, we don't want to make this show too much of a bummer but um i'll be damned so yeah breaking sean, news. sean not, not no not breaking news <laughs> it is for me breaking news for me in my life okay Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, um, Sean Waltman, aka X Pac. Yes, that's the same X Pac who had the sex tape with China. Um, we also had Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and a lot of people forget about it, but Rick Rude was uh, technically the father figure, the patriarch of the original DX. But that is kind of the DX crew. They broke up kind of as the Attitude Era fizzled out. Shawn Michaels left. Um, so late 2000s, Triple H went on to form Evolution, which we'll get into because that factors into Randy Orton's uh, kind of uh, animosity towards Triple H. But anyways, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, they come back, they reform at WrestleMania 22 in 2006. And what do they do? They enter right into a feud with fucking Shane and Vince McMahon. And what do you think about... What, what do you think about... Uh, just vince at this age steve <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, and net worth too his net worth yeah mistaken, it's impressive he's a, he's a billionaire yeah yeah i must i'm surprised he hasn't bought himself into the uh all right i'm not gonna make this a political podcast to answer your question yeah i mean you know he, uh, here's the thing vince mcmahon he's obviously a big head honcho for this uh the wrestling scene yeah so despite his age him becoming a part of this still you know what i gotta tell you it warms the heart it really does you know what else would warm your heart too steve is the What's match it? that dx and shane and vince had at unforgiven hell in a cell boy is that guy blade job approved and we support a hell in a cell here. We are pro hell in a cell yeah. boys. I at least me on this side of it. Oh, not this side of the. Pod. I've been to a. I've seen a hell in a cell live, bud. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm all about him. Yeah, I was in Detroit a couple of years ago. All but right. Anyways, that could be for a different episode. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun match. Uh, Vince fucking bloody. You know, Shawn Michaels during this era was pretty much bloody at like. 24 7 he was always had a blade in his head 
And uh, Vince literally gets his head pretty much shoved up Big Show's ass at the end of this show. God bless. So, like I said, they kind of are in this feud with Vince and Shane uh, through most of 2006. And as it's it's, uh, wrapping up, DX is kind of becoming like the clowns of of, of Raw and SmackDown. And they're just kind of messing with the younger talent. Um, And it all goes wrong one night when they mess with the rated R superstar, Mr. Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge. Um, they force him to lose, or they cause him to lose a last chance cage match against John Cena. Uh, just as an aside, Edge was uh, feuding with Cena for the WWE title for most of the uh, 2006. And, uh, and on the next night, he comes out on Raw, and he gives this promo. You see, for two years straight, you have consistently dropped the ball. You got two seconds to come up with a point. Or I'm going to drop you right now. I knew it. Okay, 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 Randy, I have a point. You see, every every misstep, every bump in the road since you became champion, it, it can be traced back to one single solitary moment. Do you remember it? Because if you don't, I'm going to remind you right now. Roll the footage. the world you had it all but triple h's selfishness cost you everything everything i know you've tried to pull it all back together but let's face it the facts are the facts so you're probably asking yourself why why would i care and normally i wouldn't but these things have a a tendency to repeat themselves jealousy rears its ugly head again because just last week there was another travesty of justice So once again, let's roll the footage. cost me the WWE Championship. The same man who who taught Triple H every self-serving, power-hungry move he's ever known. And and what did DX do when they came out here earlier? They, They made some cute little jokes. Because, Randy, they think I'm a joke. They think you're a joke. And they're gonna continue to do that until someone takes a stand. You see, Randy, I know you're not a joke, and I'm not a joke. The reason I called you out here tonight 
is because I think those people that should take a stand, I think it's you and me. We should own this show. We should have all the championships. We are the present and future of this industry, not some tired old act from a decade ago. So I tell you what, Randy, it's really simple. You can get mad at the things, the, the true things that I said earlier, and you can fight me right now. Or you can join me. Join me, and together we can take a stand against DX. We can beat DX, take back our championships, take back our lives, our careers. So the ball's in your court. It's up to you. As far as you running this show anymore is concerned, I've got two words for you. It's over! So from there, we have this little faction called Rated RKO formed. And uh, pretty much, as you heard from that, Edge was mad about last week's Raw. Randy is still kind of uh, pissed about Triple H knocking him out of evolution and kind of, you know, as they say in the wrestling world, burying talent. So are the older wrestlers kind of uh, take the spotlight from the younger guys. And uh, Edge clearly pointed that out in that promo. So, uh, so the next week on Raw, the kind of really kick off the, uh, the feud, we have... Uh, Probably one of the most famous rated RKO moments. And we watched this together, Steve, where Edge and Randy come out dressed as Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Um, do you remember that whole ordeal? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, and like... Yeah, because they, they, they mimic the walk and the talking yes. and all that. Yeah, it's, Are it's you manga, ready? Manga yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and they have the... And Edge has the big nose um, mocking Triple H's... Uh, uh, I guess, uh, prominent, it's, it's, it's prominent the right word. It's fucking, it is pretty big. Hey man, it's, you know, you are who you are. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And so, um, it's one of the more famous kind of rated RKO things. Cause this was a pretty short lived faction as we'll talk about. Uh, they, they, they only last a little bit after the match we're about to end with here. But they come out, and it kind of starts the feud. Randy immediately goes into a match with uh, Triple H. They go back and forth on the next couple Raws. Um, you know, it's kind of like, it, it's kind of leading seemingly to a grudge match type thing. Um, because nobody's really getting the upper hand here. Randy wins one, Triple H wins one. Back and forth it goes. Um, funny enough, though, during this time... Randy and Edge are not tag team champions. You know who the tag team champions are at this time, Steve? Who's that? None other than birthday boy himself, Richard Flair. 
I don't think his name's actually Richard, but <laughs> could be. Rick, Who knows? Ric Flair and uh, living let. I'm gonna well, living legend at the time, but living legend Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rest in peace. Now I know he's dead. Yeah, unfortunately, Roddy Piper. <laughs> I, is I was dead. there for that one. I was there for that You're one. Well, not there when he died. Please don't. No, don't cops. Don't do this. No, no. I, I do not have any details into his death. I'm just saying I was there when the, when the news broke. I believe he had a heart attack. I don't really know though. Up top that would head. not shock me if that was the way. Yeah. But so um, on the November 13th Raw. So this is about. A month after this whole Rated RKO business gets started, um, Edge and Orton beat the living shit out of Piper before he even gets to the ring, and it becomes a uh, two-on-one match against Flair. So, uh, obviously, our boys here, Rated RKO, take the tag team titles um, from the two aging veterans, and this is kind of, you know, this, this, you know, talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper too, I mean, he's had health issues for a long time because even back in uh, 2007 here, I'm sorry, this is 2000, end of 2006, but he, uh, he was actually written off TV because he was diagnosed with lymphoma um, at this time. So Hot Rod was battling some shit for a long time. And uh, yeah, so that, that, that kind of leads into all that stuff, so cardiac arrest by the way oh in his sleep so that's not bad well, that's how you I, do it that's true that's true that is how you do it but like i said yeah he had some health roddy piper i mean his health issues uh, are no secret um and uh and you know catch him catch him in his later years on always sunny in philadelphia as the maniac um that See, was, that's kind of how i know him <laughs> yeah that was kind of some of his last appearances that he made um i such guess such a good character in the entertainment world oh it's such a great character it's so close such to such a great character i mean you know i some people say that you know the the wrestler is the most accurate portrayal of an aging wrestler but you know i say the maniac in that season of always sunny you know that's just as good as the rise mickey rourke <laughs> For so my money, good. although the wrestler is an incredible movie, I, I know. Well. I think we've talked about it, and I I do love that movie. It's very near and dear it's to my good. heart. Um. So the next week is a uh, is a pretty uh, controversial RAW. Um, this is November twenty seventh RAW. You can go watch all these on the network if you want to. Um, you can actually just look look a lot of these up too, because what we're about to talk about here is fucking gnarly. Um, Edge and Orton have, uh, they're about to have a little, uh, I think it's called Cutting Edge. It's Edge's, like, you know, little talk show he has in the middle of, uh, the wrestling show. And they have a very special guest they're going to bring out. And he keeps, oh, yeah. he keeps calling to the back, calling to the back. And Randy Orton comes on the mic and says, hey, I got your guest right here. And who do they drag out, Steve? His birthday, birthday boy. It's the birthday boy. <laughs> to be fair, I barely recognize him when because he's fucking covered in blood. He's yeah, obviously been that's uh, true. Had the shit beat out of him. He's basically unrecognizable. He looks like a corpse. Yeah, at one point the Jerry Lawler actually calls him a corpse, and <laughs> uh, uh, did I say Jerry? Yeah, Jerry Lawler calls him a corpse, and Jim Ross says like Jim Ross gets like mad at him. Because I, th- I think Jim Ross realized in this moment how bad this actually looked on a primetime TV <laughs> spot. <laughs> it looked really bad. And, 
this was retroactively rated a uh, TV mature episode of Raw. So um, there's not a ton of those floating around. So it's kind of a little hidden gem of the of the era. But yeah, you can kind of hear the holy shit in uh, Jr.'s voice. It's, it's they're literally dragging Ric Flair out, and it, like you can't. Yeah, his face is has like almost like a full fucking inch of blood on it. Yeah, it's it goes way beyond crimson mask. Yes. It looks like he looks decrepit. He looks awful. And I mean, I, we we talked about this before. I think that it's you know I, I don't know if it's I would highly doubt that Ric Flair bladed for this little segment. I mean, it could, you could because you could easily do a fake blood scenario in this sense, and it is like so much blood that I don't think it's real blood. But what say no, you? No, it's got to be fake blood. Yeah, I, it's I agree. Gotta be fake blood. And so they, they, not only is it, do they drag him out bloody, because we don't even, we don't even know how we got this bloody, you know, we don't even see the, it's off camera when he gets apparently hit with this fucking chainsaw to the head, <laughs> but, but we, yeah, it's bad, but we do see Edge and Orton both give, uh, Flair the, uh, what, what Edge became just infamous for, and that is the single man concerto. And that's where you put the chair under under Flair's head, under your opponent's head, and then you bring that second chair and you just swing it at him. And you're doing a little chair-to-chair action. And oh, it looks so bad. I mean, I love it, obviously. <laughs> I want to make that very clear, but it's awful. It looks so bad. It I, looks mean, like, I mean, I don't know how you fake that. I mean, there's got to be something going on there, but I don't know how the hell you fake that. It I, looks I believe like the, what you do is you just don't hit their head at all, and you just hit the tips of the chairs so it makes a noise. I guess, but, but it sure looks like he nails him right in the back of the right in the head. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, uh, you know, wrestling magic, Steve. Don't, don't, don't think. Just, yeah. just enjoy it. You know, fair enough. Theater of yes, the sir. mind. Yes, sir. So I will. Um, and after after this takes place, I mean, that they pretty much go off the air with that up with that uh, ordeal, and um, the next week on Raw, we get we get this little promo here from Shawn Michaels. And Triple H doesn't even say a goddamn word, but here, here's the clip of this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome D-Generation X. And gentlemen, after the footage we just saw, the question on everyone's mind is, how is Ric Flair doing? Todd, you can and will never be able to hold down Ric Flair. He will be back. Edge Norton, unbelievable. You two are the only ones that have managed to see past the mirage that is D-Generation X. The whole fight in the system, spitting in the face of authority, having no respect for absolutely anyone. You knew that didn't apply when it came to the Nature Boy Ric Flair. You know about the impact he had when we were growing up. You know about the impact he had on us when we were young WWE superstars. And more importantly than that, you know that in the last five years, we have come to know him as a close personal friend. Congratulations. Mission accomplished. You've now made this personal. Last week, you did to Ric Flair that which you knew you could never due to us. The pain and humiliation that you put him through last week 
is not going to compare to what you suffer at the hands of D-Generation X. Yeah, so Triple H just pretty much was standing there just flaring his nostrils. Is that fair to say, Steve? He, he, he was the heavy, you know. He's, yeah. he's, there, he's there to look menacing, and I think he did it pretty well. And Shawn Michaels really is a pretty good promo there. And you kind of heard him talking about how, you know, DX was... They even admit to being a little silly and being a little childish. But, you know, they said that this, is, this was where it got personal. Um, Ric Flair was... Uh, kind of a father figure i think for uh triple h and sean so um the fact that this happened and uh it's uh it, it they're they're not playing around anymore they're getting fucking serious and uh this this is, this is about a, a month out from new year's revolution so there's a few more little matches that take place nothing crazy um i i, I will point out the december 18th episode of raw um it has a uh Six six man tag team. So you have Rated RKO and Umaga. Who remember Umaga, Steve, with the fucking face paint and the big fat Samoan dude. Oh yeah, how could yeah. I forget? Yeah, he 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 would go on to play a role later on. We'll we'll talk about at, at the post match uh, uh, little song and dance that took place. But um, him and RK, rated RKO faced none other than Mr. Jorts himself, John Cena, and DX. And uh, this match in particular is interesting to go back and watch because it uh, it features uh, DX again. Uh, this is another episode that I believe was rated TV Mature after it was aired because DX both blade deep on a Raw and they're just left <laughs> laying everywhere. So, I mean, say that say that say that sentence out of context. So they played it <laughs> deep and it went raw. I like that. <laughs> so I mean, this this era, and we'll we'll definitely we have some. Uh, this all kind of, all of this blood, all of these blade jobs, all of this visceral visceral violence on, uh, you know, primetime TV will kind of come to a head and, and unfortunately come to a, a screeching halt. And we'll get into a little bit of that after we kind of touch on the match and stuff. But um, this is just a, this is a very violent time in wrestling. Um, For our pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's pretty intense. So without further ado, it's time to talk about why we're here. We're talking about the main match. New Year's Revolution. This is actually for the tag team titles, but we'll talk about it. Triple H and Shawn Michaels couldn't give a shit about those titles. It's all about revenge, and this is a grudge match. Yeah, oh, it's personal. Yeah, it's, it's personal, so. So this is uh, January 7th, 2007, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, like I said, the main event actually ends up being John Cena and Umaga, kind of carrying on their feud that they've been going back and forth with. But um, let's talk about the match we're here for. Uh, we watched it, Steve. What do you think? What was your kind of takeaway from this? What What was your favorite part of it? Well, what was, just give me a rough take before we get into the, the details, I guess. Rough take. I mean, you know, uh, like a lot of things that we watch, there's a mixture of my favorite high flying and then my not favorite hitting. I think this yeah. one was a little bit of more of the hitting than the high flying. There are a couple parts. There's actually one part, one uh, right at the end that I liked quite a bit. Um, 
I'm not really sure what else you're looking for out of me here. No, I think that's it. I mean, I just yeah, I just want to kind of get your take on what you liked about it. And yeah, there is some high like Shawn Michaels is a is a high flyer pretty much. I mean, not he's a brawler too, but he does you know he has a bunch of beautiful elbow drops in this match. Oh yeah. Um, well, there's even a leg drop that is uh yeah yeah questionable suspect. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Let's let, let's talk about like kind of like we do when we watch horror movies on this show. Like let's let's get into kind of the the bloody parts of this match and and steve just mentioned the first one and that is the uh i mean we think it's a hard way uh i think that's it's the consensus yeah i mean Shawn michaels um triple h has got randy orton on the apron he's kind of hanging out under the ropes and sean goes up for a for like the second rope for a leg drop and he must just catch him with like a strap on the boot or something but like we said with that Naito one, this is like a puncture cut because it's uh, it doesn't quite bleed right away. You can kind of see it. It's kind of like a big cut in his head, but it's not bleeding right away like a blade would. And then it kind of uh, clots or cut. What do we say? Yes, clots. clots. You, you got it. Clots. It clots. You yeah. got it. I'm not. I'm, it. Not, I'm no doctor over here. <laughs> but <laughs> luckily, I am. So yeah, thankfully, so. Steve's a doctor. But yeah, so, but you know, we get so, we get a little bit of blood here. Um, off this uh, off this leg drop from Randy Orton, and uh, the match kind of continues on, continues on. Like Steve said, it's a lot of brawling, uh, a lot of punching, a lot of uh, there's some sweet chin music. There's from Shawn Michaels some big super kicks, but mainly a lot of brawling. It eventually gets now. It, Yo, go ahead. Yeah. If I if I may, I mean, the, I'm not a big brawler fan, but I do I, I I respect that a lot of fights start off with a lot of brawling, right? Yes. I mean, obviously the high flying kind of comes in organically as it goes on. So you know, I if if a if a fight is mostly brawling in the beginning, I'm okay with it. But obviously, I prefer the high fly acts, if you will. Yeah, and and this is a this is a great example of a match that like um, escalates, you know. Oh it's, yeah, in many ways. It starts with some brawling. It starts with some chops. It gets into some high flying stuff. It gets into some top rope stuff. Um, about midway through the match, we got Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels outside the ring. Um, we got Randy grabbing the actual tag team belt and just smoking Shawn in the head. And this uh, this marks the first actual blade job. Of the episode here, of of the match too, and it wasn't even all that sneaky. It was kind of sneaky, but yeah. I feel like it's easy to it's easy to pin out this one. Yeah, easy to pin down. Pun it, intended. It is. You can see Sean immediately grab his head, immediately goes down. You see the camera completely cut away, and then as it cuts back, we just got that boy spilling, and <laughs> it's he got that boy spilling. It's true. You're right. Yeah, and he he didn't go that. I mean, he went deep. Um, we'll talk about someone who doesn't go as deep later, but you know, Sean, he slices himself up pretty good. You know, like I said, at this time, Sean pretty much, he, you might as well just have had a blade in his hand at all times. Cause he was just cutting himself on every chance he could. I feel like kind of like Flair was in the eighties. Yeah. I think it was a personal mission for him. It was yeah. odd. Well, I mean, maybe cause you know, like we've said too, I think Sean Michaels gets a lot of comparisons to um rick flair so the fact that rick flair is uh you know known for being extremely bloody and blading you know sean's got to hear these rumors maybe he wanted to put you know 
put the rumors to rest and say, you know what, I'm the king of the blade. I'm the best there ever was. I don't know. Wrestlers got big egos. That's fair. I can agree with you there. So, so 100%. From there we got we get into like this is where well, I guess before we, we before I get into that um, where it really ramps. Triple H during the middle of this match, he's actually the only one who's not going to blade. But for good reason. Um, and I believe that this actually did um, cause a, a quick a, a quick finish a quicker finish than maybe they expected it to. But Triple H actually completely ruptures a quadricep tendon, which, Steve, you're the doctor. Uh, that's uh, just above your knee, correct? Uh, yes, that is correct, sir. Right above the, right above the knee, give or take. Yeah. Uh, in that area of the thigh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be out for seven months after this uh, injury. But he goes out kind of with a bang. I mean, to oh, him, yeah. you can tell it's visibly hurting him. But at the same time, he's got you know it's the mission. You know, you have to, you can't let a simple injury like that stop you from uh, doing what needs to be done. No, he still gets a, he still gets edge up at the end of this match and pedigrees him not through a table but onto a table. Yeah, which is almost worse because yes. you know, the table if it breaks, it can kind of break your fall. Yes, uh, but not when it doesn't. So yeah, and, and as you you know as as if you're a a fan who's keeping an eye off and stuff. You can see him as he goes down to drop edge on his head. He, he very gingerly protects his, uh, ruptured, uh, quadriceps. So that, that probably also had to deal with the table, not breaking, but anyways, before or at, right after this quadricep business is, uh, ruptured. And this is where it goes pretty much from, you know, cruising at maybe like 65 miles an hour to like right to 120. And we're like going like as fast as the car can go now. This is, I do, I would equate this to a, to a Tarantino kind of yeah. climax. Yes. And that is when Shawn Michaels comes in the ring. He punches the ref, knocking the ref out. And he immediately goes, grabs a chair. And those chair, that chair goes, you know, instantaneously right into the head of edge and randy and we see edge go down we see randy go down we see sean he's hyping up the crowd and the next shot we see is randy orton uh just eviscerated (laughs) i mean he went deep. Yeah, this again. It, it, again, it goes beyond uh, crimson mask. It's like crimson gimp. You know, what, what, what do you call that? With the outfit, the whole oh, body, yeah. body leather. Speaking of Tarantino, yeah, yeah, the gimp. Yeah, exactly. It, it's uh, he looks. I mean, you know, again, I love it. It's I. I wish that would happen every time, but yeah, it, beggars can't be choosers. It, it's, but it's wonderful. It's one of those blade jobs where it's like it's coming down his head, like almost in like lines, like it, like paint almost. And it's dripping onto his shoulders and his chest, and you just know that he's about to be just gushing for the next like you know twenty minutes. And uh, you almost fear for his health. You're like this. This is a lot of blood. You almost do fear indeed for real blood. You almost do fear for his health at times. Sure, he probably fell for it a bit. He's probably like, oh crap. <laughs> well, like we said, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the match, they're kind of doing close ups on all the bloody aftermath, and I believe you can see Randy like mouthing like, holy shit. And he's like, he's like wide eyed, like a fucking, like, like he knows something bad just happened. He knows he went a little too deep. Mm-hmm. You know, he was wrestling when he went, Eddie Guerrero went too deep. So he's thinking the same shit probably. 
Yeah, man. It was, uh, you know, it's a good way to end it. You know, it's it's almost what I expect. Yeah. I, you know, I expect some sort of, like I said, a Tarantino in kind yeah. of a climax but, with, yeah, that's what I want. But you know what, though? In this, you know, this, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, you know, maybe the good is Randy's blade job. I'll say the ugly is uh, Triple H's uh, quadricep injury. But I'm going to say the bad, Edge's blade job. It's not very good. It's very it's not weak. Very deep. That's a, yeah, that's it's, very important. Yeah, it's not very deep. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm not. I I I try and I try not to. Uh, you know, I don't want this podcast to be endorsing self harm, but at the same time, you know, I I you know, if 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 it's in a wrestling ring and it's it's under a controlled environment, you know, I believe you should just you know. Do do your best. Go, go above and beyond a bit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe give it a hundred and ten percent. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I mean, if you're a professional, you know, come on. But uh, yeah, edges is a little is a little weak, and you know, it's it, it's already it, it's it doesn't quite do it for me. But you know, I just think that if you're doing wrestling, I feel like you need to make it your goal to have every appearance you're in retroactively become tvma after yeah, to be mature that's what i'm saying yeah and you know what I, i'm gonna blame edge i think edge is the reason that this pay-per-view didn't get a tvma rating uh fucking edge you know if he would have if he would have gone deep and we had randy going deep michael's going deep and edge going deep we could be looking at a you know viewer discretion advised at the beginning of this show but it makes me want to go deeper you know <laughs> yeah i hear you but yeah, so edges edges has kind of a weak, um, a weak uh, blade job, and uh, from here, you know, they both just been hit by chairs. Uh, they get thrown out of the ring again, and this this was actually pretty uh, inspiring. Was Triple H with this busted ass leg, getting up and uh, bringing Edge over to the table, and the 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 sh- the, pay- the match pretty much ends like we said. Triple H give an edge of pedigree on the table it's pretty weak doesn't go through obviously h is fucking hurt as shit edge is out for the count and meanwhile on the spanish announce table right next door we got randy gushing like a waterfall and we got heartbreak kid Shawn michaels up on the top rope with that fucking beautiful homage to macho man randy savage with that elbow drop I know, I, that was beautiful. Yeah, you're a big fan of the elbow drops, right, Steve? I am, especially if it's because he gets some air, and yeah, gets some distance there. I, you know, I just, I, I don't ask for much. I just yeah. want to get some high flying action. I want some distance, and I want some broken chairs and blood. Obviously, that's really I'm all I want. You know, you know who's got it. You know who's got a killer elbow drop, Steve? Who? Velveteen Dream. I believe that. Yeah, he's I got. He's got a hell of an elbow drop. That guy is a showman in every yeah. sense of the he word, gets and I think it makes time. sense. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I knew I, I knew he was a good guy. Yeah. So the match goes off the air pretty much after this uh, elbow drop to Randy Orton. They go through the table. Blood everywhere. Blood on the Spanish announcers. Blood on the table. Blood on the floor. Uh, Sean goes. He grabs Triple H. You know, this is remember this was a title match. Sean grabs the titles, just throws them in the ring. So I mean, this is just showing you that this was not a care in the world. No, this was a grudge match. This was this was personal for what they did to Ric Flair, and uh, they could have given a shit about those fucking belts. They just threw them right it's in the ring. It's good storytelling. Yeah, what well, you know, it was good storytelling. The classic, uh, 
you know, young bucks, uh, they're, you know, they're poking at their elders, they push them a little too far, and then the grizzled vets come and teach them a lesson. I think it is a, it is a good storytelling uh, match here. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. Probably. So, like we said, go watch this match. Um, it's on the WWE Network, New Year's Revolution 2007. Um, let's 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 knock out some uh, quick aftermath here that that kind of followed um, from this uh, pay per view and, and match and everything. So, Shawn Michaels kind of continued his feud with Rated RKO, teamed up with John Cena, and they took the tag team uh, championship off them. Which I didn't realize Cena and Shawn Michaels were ever held a tag team championship together, but. There you go. I didn't know that Roddy Piper and Ric Flair held it together either, so we're learning a lot this episode. Did the Cena still wrestle at all, or does he kind of just put yeah, behind him? No, no, I mean, he's definitely, like, on the roster. He's, he's like, a special guest now. Like he's, Got it. He'll yeah. make an appearance. You know, he'll probably, he'll definitely, he'll probably be at WrestleMania. Um, you know. But, you know, sure. he's, he's, he's on, he's doing some other stuff now. You ever see Bumblebee? Yeah, yeah I did. I like that. Well... The script wasn't great, but the, uh, everything else was pretty good about it. Oh, yeah, I heard good things too. So I don't know. Actually, I got to see it like a month before it came out. Happy to do it. I don't think I don't think Cena's a horrible actor. I don't I don't know if he's no no no. He's not rock level. He's not Batista level, but well, uh, well, uh, you just named three act three uh, you know, wrestlers turned actor. Only one of them is a good actor, and that's Batista. Other two are just stars. Well, The Rock is a movie star. You don't you don't need to be a good actor to be a movie star. I'm gonna say The Rock and, is uh, a super. He, he's a, a mega star. He's not. He's, I mean, he's he's, he's just oozes. He oozes charisma and charm. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I think he's always had that with him. So, but I mean, Cena. You know, he discovered comedies. He's actually way better in comedies, and I, I would like to see him, you know, hit some hard drama. But well, I think he wants to stay in the, in the comedy game, which is good for him. Did you see who's the new, uh, the new villain in the new Fast and Furious? Uh, yes, I did. It's yeah. it's one Mister Jonathan Cena, which I am interested in seeing that. I, you know, I'm I'm a slut for these uh, oh. these Fast and Furious movies. So. The Fast and Furious is like the franchise of our generation. I feel like. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, is. it really, really is. I mean, so I'm inter- Yeah, I'm excited for that one. The trailer kicks ass. Yeah, for that movie, I so. mean, those are. I, that is one of the movies. Like, you know, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge blockbuster movie type fan, but for some reason, Fast and Furious just like hits me in a place that I. I, I just love them all of them. Well, it's like if if it's not a Marvel movie, the big blockbusters for me are the Fast and Furious, and then of course the Mission Impossible movies mm-hmm. are fucking mm-hmm. incredible. So good, so good. So, anyways, back to this wrap-up here. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, Cena and Shawn Michaels were tag team champs, you know, for a brief stint in 2007. I don't know. Look that up if you care. Um, unfortunately, Rated RKO kind of fizzled out through 2007. Um, Edge eventually kind of had a half-assed turn on Randy. Um, and we're kind of seeing the fruits of this uh, of this turn, uh, you know... Uh, we're kind of seeing it up uh, retro or what am i talking i'm talking (laughs) i'm saying things we're seeing like the repercussions of this turn uh there we go that's what i was looking for like about 13 years later with uh randy now kind of beating the shit out of edge so a couple weeks ago on raw he actually pulled the same move that we saw in mr rick flair in 2007 on edge 
where he knocked Edge down, put Edge's head on the chair, and Randy did the concerto right right, right on Edge's fucking broken neck. So, Oh, my God. No blood this time, but uh, the, Weird. The, the symbolism is still there. Still visceral. Yes. Viscera, that's it what is, I like. It is. So... Um, like now, I, a lot of a lot of the things that you know during this pay per view were set up in the following weeks. They would lead to kind of this weird Vince McMahon and Donald Trump feud. Yes, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought this up because uh, this is this is uh, I suppose timely because uh, Donald Trump uh, won the president election a couple years ago, and yeah. uh, <laughs> they might do it again soon. Uh, yeah, so Donald Trump. Um, is uh, kind of becoming a in a character in WWE storyline here um, with Vince McMahon, and this would actually all culminate at WrestleMania 23, right here in the great city of Detroit, 2007, uh, with the Hair vs. Hair Battle of the Billionaires. Um, I believe, oh shit, I should know this off the top of my head. I believe it was Bobby Lashley and Umaga. I don't know, but long story short, Donald Trump's champion wins. Vince McMahon has his head shaved. I mean, do, did we anybody think that Donald Trump was going to shave his head on, on pay-per-view? It's part of his brand. There's no way. Yeah. That's like like a ZZ Top member. He's like, yeah, I'll shave the beard. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You just It's part of the brand, you know? Or Hulk Hogan shaving that handlebar mustache. It's never going to happen. That's true. Actually, he has a beard now, I believe. Yeah, you can afford it. Yeah. That gawker money. But but funny enough, you know, I mean, I don't want to get too much on a tangent about um, Donald Trump here, but he actually has a pretty robust history with the WWE, WWF. Uh, I always wondered about that. Yeah, it goes it goes back to the late 80s. Um, Wrestle, I believe it was a, either a couple WrestleManias or a couple sl- SummerSlams were held at uh, Trump Tower, uh, you know, uh, conference convocation set. I don't know. Like he, he, he had a, he, he was holding a, what is it? I'm forget. I'm drawing a blank on what his casinos were called, but I believe Trump casino. We'll just say that. Yeah. I believe he had some casinos in Vegas and, um, or at least resorts and WWE ran some events there and you actually see him in like the late eighties giving some interviews, um, with I believe like Jesse the Body Ventura and stuff, and it's kind of weird to kind of see all of how all of this kind of uh, reality entertainment, yeah, all kind of played out, and now it's we're living it. <laughs> it's... Speaking of uh, of weird things playing out, yeah. how about you, so you talk, talk about the last uh, big aftermath with this? Yeah, and we're going to kind of end on this. and this, it's, it's, We can end on maybe something else because this is kind of a sad note. But um, like we said, this is taking place early 2007, uh, right in the early part of January. And six months later, um, the Chris Benoit tragedy takes place. Um, for anybody who doesn't really know that, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening knows, but that's Chris Benoit, uh, former champion. Argue, a lot of people will say in ring one of the best technical wrestlers ever. Um, he would go on to 
kill his wife, Nancy Benoit, a.k.a. woman from WCW and ECW, uh, and his young son and himself. Very tragic moment in, uh, I mean, really just tragic moment in uh, American history, in, yeah, in, in so. crime history, you know, sports history. But um, because of this, um, the, the WWE kind of went on the damage control and they banned all blood. Uh, they went into what was called the TVPG era, which means they, they took it down to PG rating, which, which cut a lot of the chair shots out, the violence. Um, and a lot of this too, like, it's not to be said that blade jobs and wrestling moves, uh, you know, when done safe, were the reason that they went dropped this. It was mainly because of the optics surrounding the situation, you know. Of course, when oh you, yeah, it's a brand, you know, it's a brand thing. As yeah, well. when Definitely. you when you have Chris Benoit kill his whole family, and then you have Ric Flair, his head's a bloody pulp, screaming on TV. Um, it's just begging for the news and controversy to follow you. So they had to do it. It was a smart move. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was a shame that it had to come to this. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it was more or less the whole situation surrounding this. Chris Benoit killing his family. And then the kind of how we said, WWE was heading into this ultra ultra violent territory that it hadn't really touched in a decade so um you know it's kind of a shame that it had to end this way but you know they were getting a little excessive and you very really hear me say this but they were getting a little excessive with the blade jobs you know wow yeah you heard it here on that from you i know i know i'm just i'm just saying there's a time and a place and when you do it too much it it makes it less sweet you know that steve yeah i guess there there is is, it is possible to have too much of a good thing but at the same time you know man you know it's just you know distance makes the heart grow fonder and sometimes less blade jobs makes that one blade job so much sweater I guess so. I mean, I look at look right. at the Naito match. We don't have any blade jobs anymore, so now whenever there's blood on TV, everybody wants to argue about if it was a blade job or not. <laughs> well, not anymore because we yeah. took care of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. Thankfully, we're on the case now, and uh, we'll be we'll be tuning in for any other ones up- upcoming. But but yeah, right. kind of like I wanted to end it here was yeah. This is one of the last um, really really bloody. Uh, eras of wwe and one of the truly last bloody pay-per-views that they would put on so it's kind of a weird uh bittersweet uh little milestone here but um yeah so that's that's kind of a that's kind of the wrap for the episode here um well 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 i do uh-oh. have one more news article that i forgot is to this, mention is this today. breaking news are we into breaking news uh, eh, eh, not really we need to play the music there is um there was another trailer drop today. Uh-oh. All right, listen. But this is this is a Paramount animation movie, an okay. animated movie called Rumble, called Rumble. All right. Yeah, I'm Here's the plot: In a world where giant monsters are super athletes that compete in popular professional wrestling global sport, monster wrestling. Whoa. Teenage Winnie seeks to follow in her father's footsteps as a manager by coaching a lovely underdog yet inexperienced monster into a champion. This movie's coming out. January 29th, 2021. 
Uh, I don't. So it's uh, it is a kind of odd to have marketing and a poster and a trailer or teaser so soon, and in the fact that it comes out in January actually says a lot that it's probably not very good. Now that I read who wrote it, Eaton Cohen, it's definitely not going to be good. But the point is that dropped today. So this is all movies also uh, produced by the WWE studios. Oh, uh, so I thought that was at least a little bit relevant to today's episode. Are there any actors announced or any voice actors announced for this? Terry Crews, Will Arnett, mm. Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns. Okay, so they're so they're putting uh, they're putting the superstars in. They're putting the wrestlers in. That's right. Okay. Now Roman Reigns, he's no longer can is he cancer free? Um, are you ever really can I don't know how that works. I mean, he's in remission. If you know what? I don't It's funny you mentioned that. I don't know. Okay. So he's not cancer free. He's in no, remission. No, yeah, well, unfortunately there's a difference there. Yeah, he's he's on he's on the mend. He's wrestling. He's uh yeah. You know, he's he's not yes, he's getting better. If that's your question. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll ta- I'll take that. That sounds good. And with that, I think that's... we can probably wrap this up. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I hope you guys like this. You know, we have, this is our first kind of remote episode we've done with a wrestling um, episode. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we didn't do a watch along like we've done in the past. But, you know, I think that, you know, I think we've gotten to the weeds pretty deep here. Did a whole That's feud right. recap. And uh, I think that that kind of, uh, you know, I hope you guys learned some stuff. And, you know, just like I said, Edge and Randy Orton are kind of going at it now currently on Raw. And uh, it's probably going to end in a WrestleMania match. But, you know, do yourself a favor and go back and rewatch this feud. Because it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of the last kind of trickling effects of when WWE still didn't really give a fuck. And they were in that TV-14 land. And they were, uh, you know, kind of could do and say whatever they wanted. And they were being controversial. So it's really interesting to go back and watch this stuff. So... You kind of get a little Attitude Era Part 2, a little as the Ruthless Aggression Era was ending. So, I know I'm dropping a lot of stuff here, but... <laughs> it's all good, buddy. It's your podcast. It's our podcast. Well, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that's a wrap for it, though. And uh, I know you don't have social media anymore, Steve. So, I don't, I don't even... <laughs> I have Instagram. I have oh, you Instagram, do have Instagram? So... Okay. Yeah. Well, follow us on Instagram, Blade Job Podcast. Just at Blade Job. We snagged that one somehow. But, Damn right, happy to do it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got some exciting projects coming up. We got some exciting episodes coming up. Uh, stay tuned. Um, like I said, I, I have to watch. Um, sorry to interrupt you. I have oh. to make sure that I watch the Candyman. The Candyman trailer drops. You'll have seen the Candyman trailer by the time this is up. Every one um, of you will but, have seen it. I'm excited for that. It drops tomorrow. But I do want. I need to watch the the old yes. the original. It's um, on Netflix soon. Everybody yeah, should watch, watch it. it. It's very Leave good. It uh, it's actually quite scary. So uh, That's what I don't hear. watch Tony alone. Todd. He's a scary guy. All right. I'm always alone. So, all right. We love you very much. Let's get out of here. All I'm right. Hungry. See you guys in a couple weeks. All right. Deuces. Bye. You think you know me?